0: The day, and we thank the Lord for you all who came. He didn't say a lot would, would did he? He said it wouldn't be a whole lot of bunch of people. Matter of fact, he called it a remnant. And the remnant, what? Right, it's a small portion of the whole. Yes. And here we are, oh, small portion of the whole. Yeah. And we thank God for allowing us to get here today. And we pray for those who are part of the whole that have not made it here. We ask that you would lift up your your prayers for them as well, for there'll be a day when here won't be here. There'll be a day when you won't be able to come and hear, thus saith the Lord. And that day is coming very soon. But we ask God to help us, that when we're here, we'll be able to hear and, and understand what he's saying. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Leviticus chapter 23. We were studying Wednesday evening concerning a few subjects, and we're going to touch on that only to, 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 to close it out and also to go into a lesson that God asked us to teach today. He said the lessons today is called the right place, wrong condition. We have been studying these last four or five weeks how we get into the right place with God, where to meet God, uh, where he is at the appointed time. And, 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 and he said, but once we learn when the appointed time is and when we're supposed to be there, we must be in the condition in order to be able to benefit from being where he is. And in Leviticus 23, we want to begin in verse one this morning, Leviticus 23 and verse one. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Now, when we talked Wednesday night, we were discussing the word feast meant appointed hour or appointed celebration of God. He said, these are my celebration days. Amen. And so the first of these feasts or the first of these celebration days is found in chapter, I mean, in verse three. And this thing says six days shall what? work be done. Now we ought to be getting a hint about what this first celebration day is. He said six days shall work be done, but the seventh is the Sabbath of what? Rest and holy convocation. Stop and think about that for just a moment. Did you come to services this morning understanding that you are now in a holy convocation? And he said, a holy convocation, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings these are the feast of the Lord even holy convocations which he shall proclaim in their seasons now he said Moses I want you to take my people and show them this this particular way of living he said I have seasons where I am with you we've been over this I know sometimes I can't remember what city I was in or what Bible study I was in so we're just going to say it if you heard it before then good then you know what we're saying but 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 these seasons that God talked about in the book of Genesis, we he said they were holy appointed times. He said, I need you. I made the sun and the moon and the stars so you'll know what time it is when I come and meet with you. And so when we saw this in Leviticus, Leviticus 23, we said, OK, Lord, the Sabbath is one of these opportunities, one of these great celebratory practices or sessions that you have with your people. And so if we're here on Sabbath, we should say, Lord, we understand that every week we have a what? A holy convocation. But do we treat it that way? And that's the issue this morning. He said, this is my holy convocation. Do we come to meet with God as if we're coming to meet with the judge of the universe? Do we come and meet? Meet with God as if this is the most important thing there is on the face of the earth. He said, if I call the season to be, if I call this time a special time for you to meet with me, it is just that it's a holy time. Can we do that? He said that now you understand what time I want you to meet and the seasons that I want you to meet with me. You have to be in the right condition in order to receive the blessing. We come as if this is some place to be temporarily or a come place to be on the way to somewhere else. He said, this is where you should be. And why wouldn't it be? God says, I meet with my people in different times and every week I meet with them on the Sabbath. Right. I meet with them. What happens if, if Warren Buffett called a meeting and you got an invitation and he was passing out secrets of wealth and it started at eight o'clock a.m. What time would we get there? because it's limited seating. And you better get there early if you want a seat. He's passing out wealth tips. And you you respect him because why? He's wealthy. God says, I have an appointed time, and I'm passing out eternal life tips. Why can't we get here? Amen? Amen. Why don't we treat it like that? But that's all right, because there's a time where, where it won't be available. But God says, while it's available and my seasons are here, I need you to be in the right condition, the right spiritual condition in order to take advantage of these eternal life tips that he gives us. So turn to Mark, if you would. See, the disciples didn't understand that either. Let's go to the book of Mark. I'm sorry, Mark 14. God says, i am with you on my holy convocations at my appointed hours at my appointed times i am here and we're going to start acting like that aren't we Amen. if you saw jesus in the front seat front seat lord have mercy the front row <laughs> most of us wouldn't even recognize him he wouldn't he wouldn't look like the pictures would he but if you if you did recognize him how would you respond how would you act i put it like this if if, if if the president was sitting here with his family, all of y'all would act differently. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Hello, Mr. President. Hello. We would act that way, wouldn't we? And we would do it subconsciously. We might not even know we're doing it, but while we would sit up straight. We would say, oh, the president's here. We must look like whatever. Guess who's here today? Jesus. Our holy God. And I know he's here because he promised he would be and he never lies. So are we acting and responding as if the Lord himself is with us? That's a question only you could answer. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 14. We're going to begin at verse 13. And, and, and he said, I, 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 you can be in the right place, but of the wrong spirit and you won't catch What I got for you. And and, and the disciples had this problem. These disciples had this problem for a long time. Now we're going to read where they were. But they were of the wrong spirit. Verse 13 of Mark chapter 14. He says, and he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto him, go ye into the city. And there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say to the good man of the house, the master saith. Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? Jesus didn't often call himself master. But when he did, there was a reason for it. See, he he didn't want to look arrogant in front of people. Why? Because the church was already arrogant. And he was trying to teach a message that the church couldn't teach because they knew they were right. But Jesus was holy. And so he would always try to downplay who he was uh, in front of the people. So he would understand. People would understand. Hey, man, I'm here for you. See, the church had lost that. They weren't here for the people. They were saying, people, you are here for the church. And they had lost that characteristic. In verse 16 said. And he will show you a 15. I'm sorry. And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, verily, I say unto you, one of you which eateth with me shall what? Now, they were in the right place. But not the right spirit. They were in where Christ told them to be. They said, go to the city, follow this guy, tell this guy, have an upper room. And they were all where? In the upper room where they were told to be. So they were in the right season. They were in the right place. But somebody had the wrong spirit. And he began verse 19. And he, they began to be sorrowful and say unto him one by one, is it I? And another said, is it I? And he answered and said unto them, it is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in this dish, in the dish. Now we explained that, what that meant and what the, 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 um, the significance of that statement was based on the Jewish and Aramaic traditions. And, and, and it was such a wonderful thing Christ did. And that's why I don't understand how people can say they're Christians and never study the Jewish tradition. What nationality was Jesus? Jewish. So everything Jesus did was through what? His Jewish upbringing. How are you going to understand Jesus without understanding the Jews? It is impossible. What happened to the disciples? They, start, they kept doing Jewish things after he was risen, didn't they? So when, when, when you read this statement, all you see is somebody dipping now, we found out because we, were, you know, we said, Lord, help me understand more about you. He said, this is what it was dipped in and, and all those things. And he said, but the significance of this was it was a tradition that if a person dipped something into the sauce and gave it to you, it was a great symbol of brotherhood. It was I'm giving of mine to you. And who did he give that to? Judas. Judas. He was trying to reach Judas even at that hour. And everybody knew that because everybody at the table knew the tradition. Everybody knew what he was doing. Everybody knew that he was passing this thing and said, look, man, it doesn't have to be. But what did Judas do? He betrayed him, didn't he? They were in the right place, but not the right spirit. We understand so far. Now, let's go if we would. See, this this was the spirit in the room. There was a problem in the room. See, when they came to the upper room, they weren't coming with the understanding what was about to happen, even though Christ had told them. Christ had said, look, man, it's time for me to go. I have done what I'm supposed to do here. Now, you guys uh, uh, look, look, um, let me tell you what's about to happen so you won't get bent out of shape because some horrible things are about to take place. But I want you to know about them so you won't be afraid. They didn't no more hear that than the man on the moon. You know why? Because their tradition taught them something, that Jesus was going to reestablish the throne of David. If you study the four gospels, you'll find that the people who needed help, they would call him, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, son of David, help us. Why? Because the tradition was the kingdom of this world was going to be reestablished. And Jesus, the Messiah, was going to sit as king. They missed the whole lesson the whole thing. And it was so entrenched in those disciples that they said at that Passover and did not understand they had a different spirit about them. They were more concerned about Jesus' earthly kingdom than they were about the kingdom that Christ was talking about. And these were his disciples. They were in the right place, but not the right mind. Go to Matthew 20 if you would. Here's the spirit that was in them. Oh, church, I, I wish the whole body was here. But the devil is busy, isn't he, as they say. Why don't we get as busy as the devil at least? See, we have God who's more powerful. Just have some kind of activity. Just reach. He said, just, if you just resist the devil, he'll flee. How many of us are resisting? Or how many of us are just laying down for him? Matthew chapter 20. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. We understand that? Matthew chapter 20. Let's start at verse 20. This spirit was in them. They were in the right place, but not the right mind. He said, Matthew 20. Let's read verse, start at verse 20. It says, then came to him the mother of who? Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. See, you didn't get like that. By yourself, this is hereditary. Mama was on the case. She was going to take care of her sons. right? Go make sure her sons got set up. Right. She missed the entire ministry of Christ. And he said unto her, what will thou? She saith unto him, grant that these, my two sons, may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. That's the spirit that was in the room. Who is going to sit where in the kingdom? And they weren't talking about the heavenly kingdom. They were talking about this new established kingdom that was going to be on earth because the Messiah was coming to restore the throne of David. How could you walk with Christ that many years and not see what he was talking about? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. But what happened? The spirit of, I want to be in the kingdom. I, my focus is on the earthly kingdom. My son needs to be secretary, and my other son needs to be treasurer, and my other son needs to be diplomat one. And all these things were happening. Christ checked this right quick, and she missed the check. But let's see what Christ said. Verse 20c But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And be, to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? You know what they said? They say unto him, we are able. Why? Because they didn't understand what he was saying. They were in the right place, but of the right mind, wrong mind. He was trying to tell them, man, it's not about this world. I'm about to go through something. They thought he was about to reestablish the kingdom. That's why oh, yeah, we'll go through anything as long as we get to sit here, as long as we get to get to to stand and and, and be recognized as, you know, as somebody big in the church. Jesus said, look, man, I'm I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. And and he said, and and verse 23 said, and he saith unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup. After that, there was no option for them, brothers, because the the, the word that created the earth said, you're going to drink this. Because the, the brothers were genuine. They were just genuinely wrong. Their mind was not right yet. They were in the right place. They had been walking with Jesus. They were in the seasons with Christ, but their mind wasn't right. But so what they did is they said, yeah, yeah, Lord, we're going to be with you. Mama's going to take care of you. Mama. Now, how many grown men would want their mama to come down and try to get them a job? Okay. When I say grown, I mean men. I'm not talking about 28-year-old boys. Mom, mom, can you call somebody? Mama should slap you in the back of the head. But what are we gonna do? Let's keep reading. He said, you're gonna drink of this cup and you'll be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of who? Trying to put them in the mind where they should be was where? Heaven. That's the kingdom Christ was always talking about. The kingdom of heaven. And the only kingdom that's going to be on earth worthwhile is when the kingdom of heaven returns here. Verse 24, and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Why? Because they thought they were getting a hookup. <laughs> see, look at mama. Those punk boys. They don't have mama talking. Look at, they, 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 they said, that Christ, I heard Christ say, yes, you're going to be going through what I go through. So they thought what? Oh, man, they're about to get a promotion. They're going to sit on the right hand and left hand. I'm mad at them. Do you see why? When they were in that Passover upper room, they missed the point. They were in the right place, but not the right mind. We got that? Let's keep going. With indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called unto them and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Let him be your what? Ministers. Ministers. He said, look, man, forget about this, 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 this man-on-man principle. He said, look, I'm trying to show you something here that is not about being ministered to, but my whole kingdom is about ministering to somebody else. So when you, when you do come into the season and the place where I ask you to your mindset should be as a what? a minister and not to be ministered to is to be unselfish and not look for somebody to help you. It's to give and not receive. And that is the only way when you're in the right season and in the right place with God that you're going to receive what God gives you. Cause he said, I will reign on the just and the unjust and I can't emphasize this enough. The Holy spirit is coming upon this place And you can be in the right place, but the wrong mind. And someone next to you will receive what God has, and you'll be sitting there on your iPad, on your phone, doing something else, and you'll miss the blessing of God. And who knows, that might have been your last opportunity. When you come here to meet with the Lord, come here like you mean it come here like it's important. Come here like this is the thirst. This is the only thing that's gonna quench my thirst. He said, I will bless them that hunger and thirst after righteousness, after right doing. We're gonna stop all of this foolishness now because we have something that's coming at us that you you cannot even comprehend at this time. It's gonna be so wicked. It's gonna be so powerful that without all of Jesus, we're going to fail. And all the things you thought were righteous in your life will be gone. All the the power you think you have to stand against the devil will be nothing against what we're about to face. And we come here as if it's somewhere to be and not a destination. That's a big difference. And let me tell you something, go somewhere else if you need to we care so much about you that if you can find righteousness and the things that will turn your life around toward christ and make you stronger with jesus please go somewhere else and tell me about it because i might need to go too because it's so important now it's not getting better people it's not ever going to get better it is never going to be In our days, the 50s and the 60s, it's never going to be the 90s anymore. Bill Cosby's not coming back, there's no more Huxtables. Is that, yeah, 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 okay, okay. I didn't say Brady Bunch, so, you know, yeah. But we understand something, this is so real that we cannot miss the opportunity. Verse 26. No, let's go to verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's why he's saying, you two brothers right there whose mother came and asked for positions, you'll give your life. That's the baptism you're going to be baptized with. That's the cup you're going to drink of. They weren't ready. See, you can be around All of this and miss it if your mind is not right, if you don't have that mind of Christ. Go down to John chapter 20. See, it's not enough of being in the place at the right time. It's not enough of following the seasons or appointed times of God uh, at the right time. It's not enough. It helps, it puts you in position, but until your mind and your spirit is right, you are just in a place. Wasting time. You can be around people of faith and not get it because your mind's not right. You ever been around people like that? People talking faith and you blue. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. It's supposed to be the other way around. That you were talking faith and other people were blue. (laughs) Yeah, okay. We'll say that. Let's go to John 20. And we're going to start at verse 21. John 20, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Now, this seemed like a place where they were in the right place. And Christ was talking to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, right? So this was a great place to be, right? And everybody was excited being there. Oh, Lord. But guess who wasn't there? Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Okay? So he wasn't at that place at the time. The other disciples, therefore, said unto them, Tell unto him, we have seen the Lord. Now, this should have been enough. These were his boys. They walked together. They, he saw the enthusiasm and the excitement. They saw that in their face. And what did Thomas do? Thomas said, except I see in his hands. The print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. See, it's not enough to be around believers. Because those other 10, they believe. (laughs) Those other 10 were fired up. They were skeptical at first, but man, they had seen him and they had received a portion of the Holy Ghost so they could get to the next point. But Thomas was around them, but he didn't get it. He said, I won't believe. Verse 26 says, and after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. Oh, I'd like to see that one day. Boy, that'd get the church full, wouldn't it? (laughs) Somebody come through and the door's shut. Y'all believe it when y'all watch them crazy movies. (laughs) He said, the doors were shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. See, but you know, we know the rest of the story. Thomas, see, and he looked at Thomas. He said, Thomas, I heard you. You unbelieving person, you You lack of faith-having folks. All your boys had faith. All your boys experienced. That should have been enough for you. You were standing in the midst of faithful men, but your mind wasn't right. So he said, Thomas, go ahead. Oh, uh, 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 no faith. Go ahead. Hit my hand, man. Hit him aside, man. What was Thomas' response? Oh, Lord, my my God, my Lord. Thomas was ashamed of himself. Should he have been? Yes. Why? Because he didn't believe. But I'm going to tell you, it is not enough. It is not enough to be around faithful people. You got to be a faithful one. Acts chapter 1. Still hadn't gotten it all together. Still in the right place, but hadn't got it all together yet because they hadn't crossed the threshold that the principle of God teaches us. Not only do you have to be there, you have to be of the mind that God can work with. And if till we get through this, this, this mind that we have, this worldly mind, this lust mind, this, this envy mind, this, this, I want to be somebody mind and I want to join the world mind. You will never receive what God has to give you to the measure. He wants to give it to you. Acts chapter one. We there yet? Acts one. Let's just start at verse four. He said, and being assembled together with them. Commanded them that they. He was talking about the, the, this. The, Jesus was was with them right before he left, and he was. They were they were counting this this particular account, and he said, uh, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now he said, another place I want you to stand. Another place I want you to be because I got something else to give you. If you are not there you won't get it. And if you are there without the right mind, you won't get it either. How many people been to 15,000 camp meetings? I've been to 14 prophecy seminars. I've been to 18 health seminars. I've been to, and and still nothing has penetrated that heart. You went, that's half the battle, but your mind wasn't right you got to have both of them together. Some didn't go. I guess everybody wants a cookie for being here. It's below your reasonable service. Let's keep going. For John, he said, he said I commanded them, and they said, look, hold here in Jerusalem. He said, until you receive the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Now, what's interesting about this, this was a perfect time. This was a season that God appointed thousands of years ago that he said, I'm going to bring this spirit at this certain time. Stand here and receive it. Did they they do that? They tarried at Jerusalem, didn't they? Because they wanted to see what God was going to do. He said, verse six, when they therefore were come together, they ask of him saying, Lord. Now, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after the conversation he had with them and with Thomas, and after all these things, he came back and spent 40 days with them and said, look, man, this is what I was talking about. And they were taking more notes. And he said, even after all of this. They asked this question. Lord, will thou at this time <laughs> restore again the kingdom of Israel? Come on, man. Why? Because something was blocking their understanding. They still had the understanding they had when the mother came and asked for what? Positions. They still had that understanding. And that understanding kept That the true understanding from penetrating and kept them from understanding what God was really trying to tell them. Even at that hour, they weren't ready. Verse seven, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power, It's still the heavenly kingdom I'm trying to get you to understand. But he said, look, I know where you are. So verse 8, but ye shall receive what? Power. And after, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. See, my kingdom is a ministry kingdom. It is not a throne kingdom. It is not a crown kingdom. It is not a kingdom to be set up on earth where we have little people that that, that bow to your feet. It is a ministry kingdom. He said, that's why I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. And if he had tried to do it right then, it couldn't have happened because they still weren't ready. Verse 9 says, "And and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of sight. Amen. They weren't ready. Something else had to happen. See, it's not that the word of God is not available. It is not that the Holy Spirit is not available. It's we have put this thing up that keeps it from penetrating our heart. And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is coming. He's about to change lives of those who allow that to happen. He's going to turn us so in a direction we've never seen before. And if we receive it, we're going to be glowing. You remember Moses? Moses came off that mountain looking like ever ready flashlight. Mm. Why? He was just full of God. He's coming, people. He's coming before he's coming. Does that make sense? Everybody's waiting on the second coming. Don't wait on that. Don't worry about it. He's coming before that. And when he comes, are we gonna be ready? Yes. Because if you're waiting on the second coming to be righteous, you are waited too long. Mm -hmm. If you're waiting for the second coming to understand Jesus, it's too late. Mm -hmm. He's coming before he comes. And he's trying to come to us. If we let him. And I'll tell you this, if it's only 12, it will be okay. Mm -hmm. 12 turned the world upside down. How about us? We got 12 in here today. Yes. Now, we have 12 willing souls in here today. Yes. Are we going to say, Lord, I, I, I surrender all? Because without the total surrender, you won't receive it. We can fake it. You can go, you can go to a pastor. He'll tell you, oh, just believe, baby. It's going to be wonderful. All you got to do is believe. Praise him. Yes. And then get the music going and the, the, and we all be dancing around doing a jigaboo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. The Holy Ghost dance, I apologize. Lord, help us. We in John 18. Let's go to John 18. beginning at verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said, "Art thou the king of the Jews?" Because everybody is worried about this kingdom. Because they said, oh, oh son of David, or oh, 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 when the, the, the wise men came and said, where is the one born king of the Jews? Everybody was so focused on the worldly, earthly kingdom, and Pilate asked the question, are you the king of the Jews? Hmm. Jesus answered him, saying, saith thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to thee of me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew, thine own nation? And the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Now, get this clear. Who delivered Jesus to be crucified? The The church. Who is going to deliver you? The church. Okay. That's who's going to deliver you to Pilate. Because once you commit to the Lord, Once you decide that it is you, God, and you only, and all my life is going to be geared toward you, it's going to be those who have been lying to people all these centuries that are going to come. Because the light in you will shine so bright, it will displace displace the darkness that is found in these places. And they're going to have to make a decision, aren't they? See, they don't care now because the place is empty. Start taking people from their churches and see what happened they used to come they used to send spies from time to time we saw them really that's that's best you can do <laughs> but once the truth and god has just a handful of devoted, dedicated and devoted soldiers they're going to come and they're going to deliver you can you drink of that cup Got real quiet, say, by his will, by his power, because you're going to drink the cup. Yes, Lord. You know, I'm, you're going to drink the cup. You're going to drink the cup either way, aren't you? Yes. What, are you going to, the cup Satan gives you yes. or the cup Jesus gives you? Yes. There's trouble on both cups, but there's relief with Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And he asked him, he said, are y'all king of the Jews? Oh. Hey, man, what have you done, man? We, why are your church members bringing you? Why are your church members mad at you? Why are they having board meetings on you? Why did they bring you here? Verse 36, what did Jesus say? Jesus answered, my kingdom is what? Not of this world. Now, don't just think he was talking about geography. Nothing about Jesus' kingdom is worldly. Nothing. Not even his people. We got that? Not even his operation. Nothing of God's kingdom is worldly. Are we worldly? Are we part of God's kingdom? Are we trying to be worldly in God's kingdom? When Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Then would my servants fight. If my kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now... Is my kingdom not from thence? See, the disciples still hadn't understood that when they were in that upper room in Acts chapter one. They had one more step to make. And this is the step we're going to have to make if we're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Go back to Acts one. Oh, Lord, help us. See, I know he's coming. I know he promised his spirit is coming upon this place. I don't know how often that's gonna happen. We meet with him every week, but he says, I have something very special for this group. And those who have a mind and a spirit to receive it will be changed forever. Help us. Where are we going, Acts 1? Let's go on down to 12 now. Acts 1, let's go to 12. It says, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olive. Olivet, I'm sorry, uh, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into where? An upper room. See, they had an upper room experience before. But now they're in this upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of uh, Alphaeus and Simon Zelotius, and Judas, the brother of James, not the other Judas. These are continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. See that one step that needed to happen. They had to be of one accord in prayer, in supplication. They had to lay themselves down. Remember, we talk about you are crucified in Christ. This is what had to happen. This was the shield that was keeping the Holy Spirit from being able to enter into the hearts of the disciples. It kept them from understanding what only the Holy Ghost can teach you, the way of God. It kept them away from realizing the full benefit and blessings of Jesus, even when Jesus was there. It wasn't Jesus's fault. It was their fault. They had a selfish, self-serving, worldly spirit. But until they went to that upper room and got with each other and said, I'm sorry, I'm nobody. Lord, put us where you need us to be. They laid prostrate. The the, the men and the women, they all said, Lord, it's only you. What do you think happened? See, they had heard about this condition because they were Jews, right? Right. And so they look back in their history. And if you go, if you would, go with me to 2 Chronicles. They went back to the history at the dedication of the temple of Solomon. They had gone back and they studied something. And they, they found a word of God that helped them get over the hump, that helped them get in the mindset, not only to be in the place he told them to be, but also be in the mind he told them to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 2. 7. I'm sorry. Chapter 7. Where are God's people today? I don't understand it. All you can do is cry out. All you can do is pray. Second Chronicles chapter 7. They had read this. And they remember the dedication of the temple. They knew something big was going to go because the father had promised them a gift that he was about to give him. And, and this was the dedication of the temple ceremony in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. In and, 2 and Chronicles chapter 7, let's begin at verse 14, they said something is keeping us. Something is keeping us from this. And God is about to come upon us. And he can't give us what he wants to give us if we don't get rid of this shield we've put up. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, we begin at 14, it says... If my people, which are called by my name, were not these the testimony of the disciples? They were called Israel. They were called by his name. He said, they're called by my name. Shall do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will what? Heal their land. He said, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. They were about to get dedicate the temple, but they had the same problem. He said, look, man, if you just do this, because earlier in that chapter, he said, man, I, if you act crazy, I will stop it. And rain. I won't let it rain. I won't let this happen. I have you put in captivity. I have all these things happen. But if you will humble yourself. I will hear from heaven. What a promise to God's people. And that's what, what the problem was. They realized it, they searched. And when God told them, humble yourselves, meaning to go ahead and submit to a thus say of the Lord. He said, pray. Do you know you can't even pray without humbling yourself? Why do we get on our knees? That's not a fake activity. We're bowing before the creator of heaven to petition the throne of God. If the judge downtown asked you to do it, you'd have worn out knees. But I need you to humble yourself and pray. Then he said, after you pray, I'm going to show you something. I need you to seek my face. What does that mean? Find where he is. Find what his word says. Be where I tell you to be at the time I tell you to be there. Anybody had to pick up their children after school? Be where I tell you to be at the time I tell you to be there. And what happens if them children aren't there? Oh, they got about a 30-second leeway. Don't make me get out of this car. Don't make me have to find you. Anybody ever been a victim of that or been the the person that victimizes? (laughs) Because the parent worries. I told you to call me at 11, it's 11.30, what's the problem? Yes. Oh, oh, Dad, oh, Mom. No idea, no idea. Well, when God tells you to be at a certain place at a certain time, what is he talking about? Does he mean it? Yes. I want you to, when we we make it to the heavenly kingdom and it comes down from after the thousand years and we're standing, standing on the, on the walls of the city, and Satan and his, his boys are all out there. I want you to see if you can find those who died in the flood, and ask them, were y'all late? And say, oh, did God, God did really mean at this hour it was gonna rain. God really said, be in this place, it's about to rain. And I guess y'all didn't listen. And then we're gonna stand on the wall and look over and see some church members. Oh, God said at this appointed hour, be in this appointed place. I guess y'all didn't listen. One great thing is we're going to be standing on the wall. We're going to be protected in the kingdom. All of them about to get destroyed by fire that comes down from the Father out of heaven. You see how serious this is? That's the question that's going to be asked you. Did I ask you to be at this place at this time? Yeah, Lord, but I had something to do. Oh, okay. Well, I got something to do now. Here comes some fire on your head. <laughs> Y'all want you don't want to be part of that, do you? No. Pray for your people. Yes. Go to Zephaniah 2. We get out of here. Pray for your people. You got five more minutes? Yes. I know something got to be on. There's got to be something going on today. Because, where's everybody? They they must be passing out cheese or something. I don't know what it is, Sister Jerry. Where are they? Where are God's people today? Zechariah, Zephaniah, I'm sorry. He said, look, I'm asking you something today. He said, Zephaniah, I'm sorry, chapter 2. Let's start in verse 1. Zephaniah 2, verse 1. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together. O nation, not desired. That's not hard to believe, is it? Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the shaft, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, what did he ask us to do? Gather yourselves together. Then he said in verse 3, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. We talked about humility this morning, Amen which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. If it may be, ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. You are not going to be hid in the day of the Lord's anger if you have not done what he asked us to do. First, I need you to to, to gather yourselves together. Then I want you, I need you to humble yourselves and pray. Then I need you to seek my face. Then I need you to understand something, that the day of the Lord is coming and not the day of the Lord we're looking for. But the final judgment of the Lord, what are we going to tell him? I was tired. What are we going to tell the Lord about why we didn't gather ourselves together? Why we never assembled ourselves together? Why we are so lackadaisical when we come to gather ourselves together? What are we going to tell him? James 4. We used to have a saying, I don't know where it came from. This is when we were kids. But something got real, because now it's, it just got real, we used to say it was dead bone serious. I have no idea where that came from. Everybody in the neighborhood do, it's dead bone serious. That's it like mama was coming down the street. It's dead bone, oh man, I don't even know what dead bone means, but it was serious. Well, this is where we are this morning. and our brothers and sisters in Memphis, pray for them. See, the brothers and sisters in California, the brothers and sisters in St. Louis, the brothers and sisters in Texas, the brothers and sisters in in West Tennessee, those who are calling from over the country, they can't be here. We're 35, 40 minutes away. James four. Let's go start at verse one. Stay with us. James four. From whence come wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. This is what's happening. See, we're trying to get into the right mind. We got a war going on in us. And what did he say? He said, "Verse two: Ye lust and have not; ye kill and desire to have; ye cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet have not. Why? Because ye ask not. Uh, ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Do you know that ninety-five percent of the people who go to church fit this description? They're going to church to fulfill their lust." Pastor Shaw, you've lost your mind. No. Why do they fill the churches that talk about prosperity? This is your time. This is your harvest. You about to change. Your Lord is about to bless you. They fill stadiums with that mess. Why? Because people want to consume the blessings on their lusts. They call money blessed. They call houses blessings. People will tell you, man, the worst thing that happened to me as I won the lottery. Nobody in here. The worst thing I did was get this big old house. Man, it's been a burden ever since I walked in it. Verse 4, ye adulterous and adulterers. Now what kind of, that was hard. Why did God call us that? Ye know not that the friendship of the world is what? Enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? He said the spirit of the world that's in us, that's keeping us from being blessed. But he, but he, But he giveth more grace. Thank the Lord. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but what? Giveth grace unto the humble. Thank the Lord. See, we we are all guilty of this, but he said grace. He's seen us walk this way long enough. He said more grace. This is what he's trying to pass out to us this morning, not only to tell us where we are and what we need to be, but say, I still love you. You adulterers and adulteresses, my grace is sufficient for you. Help us, Lord. But he gives it to who? Humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And what? He'll flee from you. Do you believe that? Your question should be, how do I resist? It was answered the sentence before. He giveth grace to the humble. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself. In the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up in that hope this morning. Yes. He shall lift you up. Yes. He said, I've given you the key to be where I ask you to be and have the right mind to you receive it. He said, my grace has gotten this for you. Humble yourself. Yes. I will lift you up. Are we ready to be humble this morning? Yes. Do we need God's help? Are we ready to finally put the idea that the world is better than Jesus away? Are we ready to say, Lord, help us? Because we can't help ourselves. We are tired, Lord. We can't go to church. Because we don't really believe you're there. We don't believe you're passing out eternal blessings. We're going to lie in this bed, or we're not even going to call on the phone. We're not gonna look on our phones. poll church, spend eight hundred dollars a month, so you can lay in the bed and watch television. Broke his church. Out, we out of money. Don't have anything else to give. Don't. I'm done. Broke. But eight hundred dollars a month, so we can do that. I don't feel like coming to church, that one we'll lay in the bed and, and nod in and out on the service. See, says so sure, anybody laugh. Oh, man, I can just pick up my phone. I can get an Apple, Android, either one. Lay in the bed. I, I can put my Apple TV on and watch it. Oh, I missed it today because I had to go to the game. I can just plug in at night and check it out. Help us, Lord. Help us to be what you ask us to be. He said, I'm coming to see you. I'm coming. You ought to be excited. You're excited, aren't you? He's coming. He's coming before he comes. He's coming to visit you personally. He's coming to rain down his spirit upon you. Will we be ready to receive him? See, he's already moved us into a place where we know where to be. And what time to be. Isn't that a blessing? But now, he said, I need your mind to be humble. I need you to be there just like your disciples and the women were in that upper room. I need you to humble yourself before me because I got something for you. And let's stop with this scripture. Go to the book of Acts, if you would. Y'all know the book of Acts, right? Wonderful book. Go to the book of Acts chapter 2. This is what's about to happen. I need you all at least to be excited as me. I need some of you to be more excited than me because I need a boost. Acts chapter 2. See, after all this happened, there was an appointed time. And we called it what? Pentecost. Pentecost has been going on for thousands of years. He said, but there was an appointed time and there was an appointed place. What was the appointed place? Jerusalem. The appointed time, Pentecost. The appointed opportunity was there, but where were their hearts? They finally got into the place where it needed to be. And this is what happened in chapter two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, because remember Jesus said, tarry here for a few more days because the appointed hour is not yet. They were all with one Accord in one place. The appointed place and appointed mind. And what happened? And suddenly, because I, I know God said, I probably can't wait too much long because they'll probably go crazy again. I can't give them this. He said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. You ready for that? I saw these guys put these walls up and only the Holy Ghost is going to keep these walls up because when he comes, they're going to shake. They're already starting to crack up there. <laughs> but uh, this is what happened when we were one mind with God. We were one accord with God. We were at that one place with God. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost. See, this was the promise of the Father. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't go around and say, Oogie Boogie, Oogie Doogie, Hamada Hamada Hamada, Rumus They didn't say that. Because God was about communicating something and He needed vessels. And these guys only spoke one language. But a whole lot of folks was at Pentecost. God said, speak. And, I, I, and he reached over and was talking to, to, to uh, Sister Jerry in English. But they looked over, and, 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 and oh, we don't have any people who don't speak English. <laughs> and, and, and we might have talked to uh, Sister Elise, because she probably knows a little Spanish. They probably, he probably spoke to her in Spanish. And, and, and then there was somebody that, that took French, and they, they were from uh, Belgium or somewhere, and somebody needed to hear this message that the Holy Spirit had. They started speaking French, and all of a sudden, everybody heard the message in their own language. Amen. But it couldn't happen until what? They were of one accord and in one place. The mind was right and the place was right and the season was right. They all lined up with God. Amen. They were 120 in that upper room, weren't they? Oh, they had a good time that day. They said thousands were added to what? The Bible study. Y'all sleep? You just going to let me say that? Bad church. Bad church. They added him to the church because God had to organize this thing. Did they stop having Bible study? No. Oh, how do you think he got to church? You keep having them. You keep going and fishing people out of their houses. and that's what you, But you bring them where? Church. To the church. Why? because God organized it. God's put this thing in order. You can't be a Christian without a church. Why? You get to practice Christianity with a group of folks. Everybody can be holy on a mountain. Me and you, Lord, everything is beautiful. Praise him! And then somebody else come. Then that gets hard, doesn't it? Folks' personalities get in the way. Folks' understandings get in the way. I don't like that, brother. I don't like that, sister. Well, oh, now you got to practice Christianity now. Now you got to understand what Jesus was talking about now. Anybody can practice Christianity when you ain't talking to nobody. But that's not Christianity. That's a selfish understanding, a misunderstanding of God's message. Because remember what he said. Look, people, don't ask me about this kingdom no more. I want to send you to Samaria. I want to send you to the other parts of the world and give him this message this is what he's going to do for us are you ready for it do you have a desire for it maybe you don't want to be in the kingdom of heaven maybe you don't want to work for the kingdom of heaven rather you just stand on the sideline and watch the kingdom of heaven pass you by but if you're not one of them and you truly want to do what god asks you to do let's pray together this day that our hearts could get ready to meet him in peace because He's coming before he comes. And when he comes to this little flock, it's going to be a powerful thing. Whatever I had to do, I'd be here. Oh no, it's not because we all holy. He chose us. Whatever you got to do, be here. Whatever you got to quit, be here. Whatever you got to do, say, Lord, help me get where I need to be when you told me to be there. If we can do that, he'll honor you. He'll bless you. He'll guide you. He'll keep you. Let's have a word. Of